Hey guys, what's up? It's Chelsea back for another episode of The Sassanac Files. And today I've got a very special episode for you because we are going to go through our season two superlatives and I have a special guest for you guys today. But before we get into the episode, I want to take a moment to remind you that you can find The Sassanac Files on all sorts of platforms, including iTunes, CastBox, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and most recently Pandora. Also, if you haven't had a chance yet, make sure to head over to the Sassanac Files blog at www.thesassanacfiles.com for all the latest and greatest details there. We're currently finishing up our Outlander book club. I'm getting ready to release part seven this week, which is all the good stuff, guys. All the good stuff. So make sure you head over and check out what essentially amounts to the season finale of Outlander book club. Also, make sure you head over to the Sassnack Files on Instagram and Facebook for all of your social media needs. We are doing a bracket contest right now. I'm getting ready to start season four with our buy rounds later this week to determine our best episode. So if that sounds like fun, head over and like the Sassnack Files on Facebook. Without further ado, we're going to get into our season two superlatives And I would like to introduce you guys to my sister-in-law, my sister from another mister, (laughs) Miss Riley. And uh, she has a lifestyle blog called Riley Leach Lifestyle, if you want to find her on Instagram. And uh, yeah, we're going to go through some of our favorites of season two, and we are excited to do this. Yes. First up, we're going to start with a solid one. (laughs) All right, let's go. Favorite scene. What do you got, Riley? I said in the Fox's Lair when Claire wakes up and sees Jamie holding and talking to Jenny's baby. I just think it's such an intimate moment, and I wanted something kind of out of the box, not like a scene that everybody knows about or everybody thinks about, and I just really like that moment between him and their baby, especially what happened in Faith. It's so sweet. It always kind of brings tears to my eyes. Like, it's just... Like, you could totally tell what Claire's thinking right. in that moment. Like, oh. Yeah. And it's so sweet. Like, anything with JV and a baby. I know. It's, it's just like, like 100% solid. For sure. Okay. Uh, my favorite scene is when Jamie is rubbing Claire's feet in mm-hmm. Paris and he's talking about why he let Black Jack Randall live. Because Claire had been like, you owe me a life. Right. And I'm like... <laughs> Okay, whatever. (laughs) Sure. Um, And then he's thinking, well, I didn't really let Black Jack Randall live because I owed you a life. Right. I've saved your life just as often as you've saved mine, let's be honest. Um, And I just thought that was a really good scene because that's when, you know, he's saying, I need you to promise me that if anything happens, you'll go back through the stones. I know. It's such like a moment. (laughs) And I always say, I'm like, it's so much more painful to watch after you've watched the season two finale. And you're like, I understand, but I don't understand. It's like, oh, why do you have to break our hearts like that? (laughs) Okay. Biggest laugh out loud moment. Again, I picked another kind of out of the box one. Mine was in Untimely Resurrection when the king asked Blackjack Randall to beg. And I don't know why I just thought that was so funny because he is this like terrible villain person. And then the king's just like, perhaps you should beg. <laughs> and Claire and Javier are just standing there watching him like, yeah, go ahead. 
Get on your knee. Big. <laughs> Grim satisfaction. Right. <laughs> that smirk on Jamie's face. He's like, hmm, guess you're not all powerful after right. all. <laughs> I have two. So my all-time biggest laugh out loud moment of season two has to be when Jamie is trying to explain the bite marks on his right. eyes. <laughs> because no matter how hard he tries, right. he, he just keeps digging the hole deeper. It's like, so what you're saying is, while well, you've barely touched me in months, mm-hmm. tonight you were driven mad with passion by some whore. Yes! yes. Well, no! no. <laughs> I know, and you're just like, in that moment, like, frustrated with him, but you're like, no, I can't. Like, I understand what he's saying. <laughs> Anyway, and then my honorable mention, because I feel like if you're talking in the grand scheme of things, season two and Paris, you have to talk about the reveal of the red dress. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, Jamie's face. I mean, we're talking <laughs> about a fashion period where corsets mm-hmm. were the norm. And now not only do you have a low cut revealing dress in a very bright, vivid color that's going to draw attention, yes. but she's also not wearing any sort of corset. <laughs> <laughs> and Jamie's like, I can see every inch of you right down to your third rib. And then the the bow on top. Yep. Izzy's like, Sassanak, first your honeypot, now this. <laughs> she's like, don't worry, I brought a fan. <laughs> You're going to need a bigger fan. <laughs> Oh, man. Favorite set or filming location? Mine was not in Scotland anymore, in the French court. And when she's walking in her red dress, of course, and you see all the chandeliers in the background and just, like, the setting. I thought that was really pretty. I just love that. The Palace of Versailles. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely a gorgeous set. And I think that whenever they were filming, they actually filmed all the Paris stuff in Prague. Hmm. And I think that they found these beautiful locations that really do do the Palace of Versailles justice. Right, it's it was beautiful. Gorgeous. So mine is the Paris apartment, um, Jamie and Claire's house while they're in Paris, because it's just like, if you ever pause and yeah. like look at how well the set decoration mm-hmm. is for that and with, by candlelight, it's just absolutely gorgeous. And I mean, there's a lot of like cognitively intense things like it's not action but it's right. political thriller so why not have a beautiful setting at least if you don't have a lot of action to watch right and i feel like france is so based on architecture and like known for their architecture that them putting that much detail into just that little apartment and little things like that mm-hmm. like really shows a lot yeah oh this one ought to be a good one biggest tearjerker because oh. lord knows season two has plenty of those <laughs> I'm going to go with the tried and true and say Faith (laughs) and Claire holding Faith and just when she's describing her to Jamie and like her hair and like how the light like shone through her ears and her skin and how her eyes were slanted a little bit Mm -hmm. like his. I was just like, oh, tear my heart out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Just rip my heart out and stomp on it. Why don't you? (laughs) I know. It's terrible. Oh, man. Yeah, that was so good. I I think that when you're talking about like, moments in Outlander that make Mm -hmm. you cry. No matter whether you're talking about season two or not, that is one of the ones that everybody always comes back to because it is just heartbreaking. I know. Mine was in the season two finale when Claire is visiting Culloden, which is where she thinks that Jamie's buried. And that, I mean, you guys know, audience, right? You listened (laughs) to the podcast two weeks ago. 
and you know that I was an emotional wreck, crying while I was recording, just talking about it, like, let alone watching. It's so (laughs) terrible. And I mean, yeah, whenever you look back at it and you're like, oh, well, he's not actually buried there. But that's not the point, guys. (laughs) Like, It's the fact that she's coming to terms with her grief and like finally accepting everything and like also I I talked about it in the Dragonfly and Amber episode it's that veil is being lifted and she's actually herself for the first time in 20 years as she's sitting there talking to Jamie right so it's just like oh going back where she left him and it's just like oh I know (laughs) I can't even imagine goodness gracious all right what you got next uh favorite character arc you wanna I think we have the same one on this one so I'll let you tell him Jamie for sure has uh, to be. Yes. I just think from where he started at the beginning of the season to where he's at at the end is just a crazy transformation. And just all the stuff that he's went through, all the stuff that he's had to overcome, and just, like, all the trials they go through in season two in general. I just, I think that he's the perfect fit for that. I mean, it really is nuts. You think about season two, it picks up. He's just had this terrible experience at Wimmer. Right. He's pretty much at rock bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's not much lower he could no. go. <laughs> um, PTSD, can't sleep. And, I, you know, I'm reading Outlander right now. And I think, honestly, he has it worse in the books in a lot of respects. But um, yeah. it's still a pretty rough emotional state. And then he struggles with that. Like, yeah, he kind of picks himself up and builds on yeah. it. But... To see that he starts at rock bottom and then by the end he is, like, strong enough in his, like, his character is strong enough and is built up enough oomph behind it that he feels like he can let Claire go to protect their child. Like, in a lot of respects, (laughs) he's the same because it's still that self-sacrificing, like, okay, I'm going to go and die. But I'm going to be safe. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, oh, my God. It's an endearing quality, but. But yeah, he really does have a huge character arc. All right. So um, let's talk about something a little bit lighter. Yes. Favorite costume. Again, I'm going with the classic. Claire's red dress. This was a hard one for me because there's so many, like, pretty outfits that she wears throughout season two, like, especially when they're in France, and I just think they're also pretty, like, all the silk, but red dress, definitely my favorite because it's just a showstopper. Yeah. I just think you can't compare to it. You really can't, and Katrina Balfe just looks phenomenal and pretty. You could put her in a burlap sack, okay? (laughs) And she would look... Fine. She would look great. Like, it would be the newest fashion trend. Right. But putting her in red silk mm-hmm. and giving her that gorgeous 40s-inspired cut neckline, a really iconic costume from the books. And I think that a lot of people were anticipating what it was going to look like. It was one of those, like, I'm trying to think... What comes to mind is Katniss's wedding dress right. in the Hunger Games. Like, everybody's like, oh, my God, what's it going to look like? Exactly. And it's just so fantastic. But, um, yeah, so I thought that they did it justice. I The only thing that I'm, like, a little iffy on is how short it was. I know. But I get that that was kind of the style. So 
the really wide skirt. Like, I just kind of crack up every time when you have to, like, watch her, like, turn sideways to walk through the door. I know, it's just so grand. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But um, my favorite, I agree with you, like, all the satins, all the silks, all the organzas, just the color palette is so rich in France. And even Jamie's costumes are, like, the embroidery on his waistcoats, like, ugh. But I would have to go with my favorite as the blue silk Brunswick jacket mm-hmm. with the fuchsia embroidery on it. I think that that is in La Dame Blanche is yeah. what episode that that is in. And it's so pretty. If you guys can't remember what I'm talking about, it's the costume that Claire is wearing when she goes in to talk to Master Raymond after the comp tried to poison her. This jacket has like these three quarter length sleeves with these ruffles and the detailing on this fuchsia embroidery on this jacket is just absolutely phenomenal. Oh, I yeah. love it. I like drool. That was one of my <laughs> favorite ones too. That was actually my second, my runner up. I just oh, love yes. it so much. It's such a statement. <laughs> it really is. And I love how they just like a note on the fashion of season two in general, they really tried to bring in Claire's 20th century tendencies. And one of her outfits in general was actually based on a Dior suit. Oh. And it actually legit looks like it. The only difference is is that it's a full length skirt instead of the knee length. Terry Dressbach, I think, was kind of like... In heaven, <laughs> she's like, "Oh, these. I get to do all of this." Right. So, yeah, I just I love it. Okay, favorite musical moment. I love the score, and I think that Bear McCreary is so right. fantastic. Anyway, and so the music of Outlander is like close to my heart. And anytime that I'm feeling a little off, I just plug in my headphones, <laughs> play it. So, what was yours from season two? Mine was into Paris from not in Scotland anymore and I think it just fit the scene really well because it went from like kind of one extreme to the next and just like the cadence of the song and everything I felt was really fitting for the moment. I love how they use the instruments of the time to like Mm -hmm. dictate themes so you've got your harpsichords and lots of Mm -hmm. strings and things like that to kind of announce that you've made it into like the royal court and you're kind of have like there's um, a French air to it right. even though you don't really know like what you're listening to yeah. but it, it just sounds that way to your ears and yeah I love it Me he's too. so intelligent in how he does his yes. music mine was the it's called a Fraser officer survived mm-hmm. and it is at the very end of season two when you know when everybody's like <laughs> oh that's so cheesy and like the sun's coming up and it's this big swell of music but it's so epic yeah and i mean so epic that it is the music that plays on the menu of the dvd and blu-ray that's the song they picked because it's so iconic and like the music just swells and you've got those ghostly vocals yeah like a like, good send-off yes yes all right what's next most romantic moment Ooh. Mine was Take Me Home to Scotland, also in Faith. I just have a lot of of my moments from Faith because a lot of things happened in that episode. But I just love the scene because it shows like the emotion of both of them just kind of exhausted from being in France and living this like alternate life, this <laughs> double life that they kind of have. And I think her saying Take Me Home to Scotland just solidifies their their want for a simpler life and just wanting to be back where they feel at home. Yeah. It's also 
really speaks to that moment because all the crap that they have just gone through, like it speaks to that because Mm -hmm. they know full well what they're getting into by going back to Scotland. Exactly. But like you said, that's where they feel at peace and that's where they feel at home. And after everything that's happened and transpired in this episode, they just want that, even if it means diving headfirst into the Jacobite Rebellion. (laughs) Like, well, here we go. Yeah. (laughs) So I have a couple. The ultimate winner on my list was the one and only sex scene we had (laughs) in this season, which blows my mind after, like, the intense sexiness of season one. (laughs) Just like, boom, boom, boom. Well, and even the showrunners, they're like, we just didn't have time. Like, there's so much in season two. they gotta jam-pack everything in there. So, when Claire is, like, on top of Jamie and she says, come find me, and puts his hand on her pregnant belly. Right. I mean, he's just got through telling her how much he's been struggling with, with his PTSD, and she kind of realizes she fucked up. Like, right. She's like, <laughs> oh, maybe I shouldn't have given him such a hard time. But I mean, I get her frustration in that exactly. moment. But it's them coming back together, and it's them finally getting past everything and, like, moving forward together and her saying... If you don't feel like you're strong enough on your own, come find me and let me help you with this. Yeah. So I just really felt like that was absolutely gorgeous. And then, obviously, we can't talk about romance and Outlander <laughs> without talking about the goodbye scene on top of Craig Nadoon. Jamie's whole speech about, I will find you even if it takes me 200 years of purgatory. Like... Again, just break my heart. Just rip it out. (laughs) Oh, and it makes you think, right? Because at the end of season two, you don't really have any idea where the series is going unless you've read the books. Right. And so think back to where we started in season one, his ghost Mm -hmm. outside her window watching her brush her hair. And it's like 200 years of purgatory. (laughs) I will come find you. Yeah, he did find her. It's just... It's really sad, but it's also really beautiful that, like, their love is that epic that it can transcend life and death. It's just no, so time many, and space. So many romantic <laughs> moments, but so many, like, sad romantic moments at the same time. It just it tugs at your heartstrings all the time. I think I made a comment in a previous podcast. It was like, what would Outlander be? Like, it is literally just putting... Claire and Jamie in one terrible situation after another and seeing how they react to it. Like, that's all this show is. So resilient. Yes. All right. So I think we've got biggest scene stealer. Biggest scene stealer for me was Fergus. And I say this because I just love his character. Like, when he's introduced, it's, like, kind of by accident. Like, Jamie just sees him pickpocketing people and he just kind of, like, chases him down and pulls him aside and was like, hey, I'm not mad at you. I need your help (laughs) kind of thing. But I just love him, how he grows throughout the season and goes back to Scotland with him and they just kind of like take him under their wing and make him part of their family. (laughs) It's really great because especially with them having lost faith, he fills a void for them and they are really just becoming this little family and Fergus just grows and grows (laughs) in importance throughout the entire series. But Roman Baru, I think I pronounced that right. (laughs) He's so good, and he really is, like, just Mm -hmm. the perfect little scene stealer. Like, he has this little smirk and these big blue eyes, and he just has this way of, like, (laughs) like, madam, you have such beautiful breasts. I know. (laughs) It's like, all the ladies love you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all the ladies of Madame Elise like when I give them compliments. (laughs) 
<laughs> but he's so innocent, too, because he doesn't know any better. Yeah. And it's just, I think he's so sweet. He really is. My scene stealer was Murta. Mm-hmm. And I think that, not necessarily in season one, but he definitely came into his own in season two just as a character. Yeah. And I do think that they gave him a little bit more material in season two just because they realized what a wonderful actor right. that they had in Duncan LaCroix. But there are so many scenes between him and Jamie where, like, it could legitimately be a very serious scene, but he mm-hmm. just takes it and turns it on its head and it makes it so funny. And the one thing that's coming to mind right now is when, in Vengeance is Mine, mm-hmm. when they are trying to translate Claire's note. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, it's all back to front. And Jamie's like, I'll give her lessons later. And he's like, but she's even misspelled help. (laughs) I know. Like, I think that that was just a super great episode for him. And I just, I love Duncan LaCroix. I do. I love Marta. He's such like a father figure. I feel like for Jamie, like since that's so absent for him and just him watching over him all the time. And he just adds that extra little Extra. Yeah. (laughs) Extra little extra. Secret spice. (laughs) A little little spice in there. All right. So we're about done with our list, but we're going to wrap it up with our favorite episodes of season two. And I will let Riley go first. Mine, again, I've talked about Faith a lot, but that episode just had so much going on in it and so much happened. Like, your emotions are just on a roller coaster. Like, one minute with Faith, you're sad, and then going back to them reuniting after she goes to the king and you're just kind of sad again, but happy that they're going back to Scotland, back where they feel at home, back where they feel at peace so they can kind of heal from what has happened while they've been there. And I just love it. I think it's just a really dynamic episode and so much happens in it. So I was mentioning earlier when we were talking about this, that the reason Faith didn't make it higher on my list was because I felt like There was a juxtaposition between the baby storyline and what happens in the star chamber with, quote unquote, the witch trial. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And so let's talk about that a little bit. Did you feel that that was a nice break from the mental torture (laughs) or did you think that it was like, I don't know, what did you think about that? Uh, I think so in a way. It just kind of took away from that moment. So I think you could kind of process what happened. Then you... Again, you get to see, like, the comp get taste of his own medicine back at him just because he's been such an awful person throughout the whole episode. (laughs) And Master Raymond, like, since he's been so helpful, he kind of gets that release to just go and, like, never be seen again. But at least you know he's safe and that he's okay. And then I like that they kind of tied it all back in at the end with the faith. So that's still there. There was still resolution with that. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of how I felt about it. I always talk about... Um, in the first half of season two, the underlying, like, Wizard of Oz theme that yeah. comes out. And even in that, at the very end of that Star Chamber scene, she's like, as they were leading Master Raymond away, a line from a film came to mind, you know the one, I'll miss you most of all. Yeah. And, like, having that be what Dorothy tells the Scarecrow, <laughs> it just kind of, like, put a nice little, like, wrapped it up in a pretty little package yeah. that signaled, you know, we're done with the Paris storyline. Like, this is the last we're going yep. to see of all of these characters and we're moving on. Exactly. So I just, I, I liked it for the poetic justice that yeah. it, it offered. But for me, I felt like Dragonfly and Amber was the most well-balanced episode. Oh, for sure. 
And it's so odd because for the same reason that Faith kind of doesn't make it higher on my list, that's why I love Dragonflying Amber mm-hmm. for the back and forth of it and exactly. like intertwining two different stories and wrapping them all up into one, like a nice little shake. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just felt like, like you guys know, I just got done talking about how much I love Dragonfly Neighbor. I spent an hour and five minutes talking about it a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> but it's just so epic. The music's great. The cinematography's great. The acting is great. We get new actors. We close exactly. up old storylines. It's just all around a very strong piece. So for me, Dragonfly Neighbor takes the cake. Yeah, I agree with you. That was my honorable mention. That was kind of my second choice for my favorite episode. Again, because like you said, so much happens in it. It just intertwines two different kind of storylines, but then it all, like, comes together, like, comes to a culmination and just makes you really happy, like, as a watcher or mm-hmm. as a reader. Yeah. I haven't read the books, but I just think... I'm working on it, guys. <laughs> I'm just thinking it's a good <laughs> ending. Like like you said, it's just a good wrap-up to everything. It's the big debate in the Outlander yeah. universe. What's your favorite season? And, and it's hard. It is hard because each season has its own little flavor to mm-hmm. it, and I... I'm still firmly set in what I said in the very first episode of this podcast, that season five is my favorite so far. Yeah. But as I rewatch these, as I'm doing these podcasts, I love season one because it's the beginning of everything, right? And it's the growing of Jamie and Claire's love story and getting to know all of these characters and even Scotland as a character. Like it, it's, I know, I think that more than anything is what makes season one, what it is, the Mm -hmm. setting and the effort that was put into making everything authentic to time period and setting. But season two, Mm -hmm. for so many different reasons, like the color palette of Paris, like all the opulence and the political thriller of it Mm -hmm. all, you're going on this roller coaster of war and everything. So it's so hard because season two (laughs) ranks pretty low on my list. I mean, granted, there are only five seasons. So (laughs) I mean, what are you going to, what are you going to do? Half of them are naturally going to fall below the line, but But yeah, season two, it does have some great episodes. I mean, I'm thinking about Preston Pans was a great episode. La Dame Blanche was even a great episode. Uh So I just, I really did like season two. I can't wait to get into season three because it's got some of my favorite moments in the entire show. Like, yeah. Oh, man. I feel the same way. I was a big season one person, same as you. Like, I just love it. I love the culmination of everything, like the wedding, everything. I just love everything about it. But I feel like season two is kind of a good scene setter I guess Mm -hmm. like for the culminating seasons just like everything that happens in the ending like it sets everything up I feel like I don't know I'm with you season two kind of falls lower on my list but I still like it for like what it gives to yeah the rest of the seasons it gets a lot of crap like people are like oh well it just didn't feel like outlander and I'm like because it wasn't like it was (laughs) it was intentionally created that way Mm -hmm. to feel like Jamie and Claire were stepping away from home and onto an alien world like they don't belong in the court of Versailles like you're supposed (laughs) to feel uncomfortable that's how they feel and so I feel I think that if the viewers are feeling that way, that means that the people that are creating the television show from the actors all the way up to the executive producers, they all did their job phenomenally well if these are the emotions you're having watching this. Right. It's just like season two is a double life for them. I know I said that before, but it's just like they're living a double life. And then at the end, they can just kind of like, oh, we can breathe. We're back home. So, yeah. And then, of course, it ends with introducing us to two of our main characters for the rest of the series which are 
hot button topics all to themselves, <laughs> all the way from who they chose to play them to adaptational choices that have been made on the part of the, those characters. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have a another special treat for you between seasons two and three Ooh. of Outlander. I've got a special guest coming on the show, and we're going to actually do this with a Facebook Live so you can see our smiling faces. I'm not going to tell you who the special guest is. Don't get all wild and excited. It's not like Sam Hewlin or Rick Darn Rankin it. or anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you guys will recognize this voice. So make sure to join us on Facebook. I will post details probably later this week and form an event so that you guys can sign up if you want to join. Riley, thanks for joining me today on the show to talk about season two of Outlander and wrap it all up so that we can jump off into season three here in a couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, guys, make sure that if you are liking what you're hearing on the Sassnack Files, you head over to your favorite listening platforms and leave a little rating and review. Pretty, 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 please. <laughs> One of these days I'll like do a giveaway or something because I, I feel like you guys need enticement. But I mean, it doesn't even have to be five stars. Like, give me your honest opinion. Okay, I, I promise I won't be mad. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Well, thanks so much for joining Riley and I here on this very special episode of the Sassanac Files. Until next time, you guys stay safe out there and I will chat at you later. Bye. Bye.